What up, what up, what up? What's happening, good people? Welcome to this edition of Herb and Two. Alongside Tucson Warner, my name is Herb Howard. Every Thursday and Saturday, we are here hanging out with you wonderful people, talking about issues that currently impact the black community. We talk about how those issues impact us as individuals and also how they impact us as a collective. Along with your help, we talk through these issues in hopes of finding the optimum solutions for how we can overcome said issues. Again, overcome them as individuals, but perhaps more importantly, overcome them as a collective. Thank y'all so very, very much for choosing to be a part of this conversation. As always, your input is valued. It is certainly, certainly appreciated. Anything you want to add to the conversation, feel free to do so. We will read through as many of your comments as possible. We would kindly request that you please take a quick second to share the broadcast, share it on your personal page, share it even within your personal network, share it with anybody that you think would find value in or add value to this particular conversation. It is always our belief that the more like-minded individuals we can get to be a part of this conversation, the better the opportunities we actually have of reaching those aforementioned solutions. So please, 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 if you would be so kind, take a quick second to share the broadcast. Also, make sure you hit the like button on the video, subscribe to the page, and set the alerts if you have not already done so. Again, this is Herb and Two. It is intellectual thuggery at its absolute finest. My name is Herb. His name is Two. Two. What's happening, good brother? What's up, family? Blessing, highly favored. Man, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm laughing at Ron. I'm Ron back behind the camera. He's reciting my intro as I'm going through it. He, he funny because he animated, so he's doing all the... <laughs> you actually remember the whole intro? You nerd. Be, I never remember that shit. It'd be funny because people be trying to do it uh, and, 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 and get it down. I, whoever get it down and, and make a video of it, tag us in the video. I, the best one I'm going to send y'all, I'm going to send y'all some Herb and Two merch. So just, just, just... Make Under a, that, I'm going to send you some Herb and Two merch act. Make a video and, uh... Make a video of that intro. And whoever do the best one, I'm going to send y'all some merch. We've been getting uh, bombarded with emails because we've been promising... From the official dirtbags. Yeah. Yeah, it's out now, though. I well, told... I mean, it was my fault, but it's out now. Oh, they hit me the other day and I just lied. So, yeah, it's in the mail. Well, you didn't lie, actually. It's, it's out now. <laughs> okay, so. cool, cool, cool. It's cool. <laughs> like, go with it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, y'all. It's my fault. Sorry, boys. It ain't been warm enough for what we sent y'all anyway, so y'all ain't missing out yet. You can layer it up. <laughs> <laughs> y'all ain't missing out, but we do well, apologize. Layers, Shout out to all the official dirtbags, man. It start, it, keep, it continues to grow, and it be popping on Tuesday nights, man, uh, when we record the Relationship Friday show that airs on Saturday. Uh, it cracks on Tuesday night with all the dirtbags in the comments. So uh, that's fun. It's like harkening back to the to the days of, of, of past when we did the show live and everybody in the comments. And so uh, shout out to all the official dirtbags that have signed up and joined the Patreon. Uh, we appreciate y'all. And it's fun rocking out with y'all on Tuesday nights. It is, man. And if you're not an official dirtbag and this is the first time you're hearing about our Patreon, this is your opportunity to join it. I don't know the address. You happen to know the address to the Patreon? Yeah, it's patreon.com backslash Urban 2. Look at that. How easy was that? Go ahead, ain't difficult. You feel me? Yeah, Come he does through. all the clerical work. I don't know what's going on. I just show up and play. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody got a role to play around this cabin. It's, and everybody know what their role is. Even though it, we don't be clearly defined or written down, though, it's like, yeah, that's just, that's not my shit. That's, that's your shit. That's somebody else. That's not our shit, Joe. So uh, we do good, though, man. Shout out to the whole team, man. Everybody be holding it down. We 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 appreciate it, man. Uh, I was watching uh, Drink Champs. They had a, a Drink Champs episode. Uh, 
it was the Drink Champs episode where they just had their whole crew at the table as opposed to like a guest, guest artist or whatever. They had their mm-hmm. whole crew just around the table chopping. It was weird because it's, it's like out of format for what they normally do. But it was cool to see them do that. We got to do that one day. We got to get P.I. in front of the camera. I'm with Ron, it. And we got to get Peggy on the camera. I'm with it. To me, man, Drink Champs is like the Seinfeld of podcasts. What you mean? I mean, it's like the podcast about nothing. <laughs> really, when I really think about it. You know, it, I've never seen Seinfeld. I've only seen clips. But really, when I really <laughs> think about it, though, G, most black podcasts are the podcast about nothing. Mm. I'm starting to get irritated with black podcasts. Yeah. Let me not say black podcast. Let me say popularized black podcast. Yeah. Right? I think we give them grace because of their celebrity. But regard in regards to like being interesting, like if you think, you know, outside of like Gillian Wallow move units. Sure. And watching their interaction because they have such a great chemistry, it is funny. Yeah. But in regards to the line of questioning, regards to the thought process and the conversation, sure. it's redundant. It's the same thing every time. Sure. Right? Drink champs, it's the same thing every time. Sure. Like you think about them B-level interviewers who always be like, anything else you'd like to add? Mm-hmm. Like it's a, because we don't have nothing to talk about. It's right. a go-to, you know, safety net kind of question. And these cats, and I'm not shitting on them in no way. I don't, at least, I don't, if you take it as shit, don't know I'm shitting on you. But my point is. Grab the Charmin. Yeah, my point is, though, if they, they've made a, if they've created a brand or created a legacy or created a product in the realm of media, and at least in, from the style and the formats that they leverage where they have guests, like the average consumer, I would assume, comes to meet the guest, comes right. to have a deeper understanding of the guest. Right. And if you're just asking the same one, two, three questions every time, it just gets very redundant to me. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you on that. I, I, I got. I guess when I watch Drink Champs, I do get like stories or a little bit of a deeper dive into that artist. It is the same format, you know, throughout the the process. But I think it's mostly, as much as anything, it's just indicative or reflective of society, just in terms of where we at, what we find interesting, what we find worthy or of watching what we find entertaining i think that most people are just going to find those types of conversations more entertaining than a conversation about you know liberating black people not it's just a different level of conversation and so like i was at uh my niece turned five so i went to her birthday this past weekend and then her, to my to, to our niece yeah for sure uh and then her her older brother what is juice like 12 or something like that. I don't know. Juice 13, I think. And so uh, he like, uh, he like, I'll be be watching the podcast. He like, you got to get the numbers up though. And I was like, I was like, okay, Juice, how are we going to do that? Right? He like, I don't know. And so he started going into the podcast that got these numbers. I'm like, well, what they be talking about, Juice? He was like, you know, he's money and girls. And I'm like, yeah, just we're not going to have that conversation, bro. I'm like, that conversation is always going to be more popular. And if we wanted to just pivot to talk about that for the sake of numbers, we could do that. But we ain't going to do that, bro. And so we had, a, we had a pretty good conversation about it. And I was, I was proud of him in terms of the way he thought about it, digested it. introspective. That's yeah, dope. Yeah, and considered yeah. it in a, in, a, in, a, in a real way. Like, yeah, that's, that, that's real. I'm like, I'm like, we can talk about money and bitches if we want to, Juice, but that ain't – you know what I'm saying? That ain't where we at. And so uh, he like, nah, that's real. And so, uh, you know, shout out to my nephew, Juice. I took him driving, too. I was like, I was like you know how to drive? Because he's just getting getting taller. I'm like, you know how he's got an older brother that's 16. But I'm like, you know how to drive? 
And he like, nah, I ain't telling me how to drive yet. I'm like, you want to drive? Like, yeah, I'm like, come on, we finna go drive right now, bro. So I took him outside, let him drive, and he's funny. You know what I'm saying? So he, he, the whole time he walking out to the parking lot, he woofing. Oh, it ain't nothing. I can, I'm driving this confidence, this, confidence through the roof. I said, Juice, confidence is cool. You definitely want to be a confident driver, but you need to be cautious with that confidence, bro. And so as soon as he stopped, soon as he started like, he getting the car, he don't know shit. Like he's getting the car. He looking. Why the fuck are you looking at me? What are we finna do? We're gonna drive. Okay. Well, that's how everybody in your family drives, though. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we have expert drivers in my family. No, you don't. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, me, my mom, and Ron specifically, phenomenal mm. drivers. Okay. Um, I'm like, just you gotta do some shit, bro. You gotta like adjust your seat. You gotta adjust your mirrors. You got. You know what I'm saying? Do some shit, bro. Stop looking at me, fam. Mm -hmm. So, cause he's wanna. He think he could just. First of all, you think you just go. hit the button. Like, even to hit the button, you got to step on the brake. You got to have to do some shit in here, bro. So he don't, he's like, he don't necessarily know what each of the uh, alphabets mean to shift the gear and all that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so whatever, man. So that, we get, we finally get through this process, this two, three minute process of even trying to begin driving. Then he's ready to drive. I'm like, drive. Mm -hmm. Mr. Confident. He stepped on that motherfucking pedal and realized the reaction that the car would have. And he like, oh, shit. I'm like, yeah. You want to put some more respect on this car now? Mr. I got this, sir. Before you fucking run us into some shots. I was like, do you see that fucking car right there? Yeah, I see it. All right, well, then why are we about to hit it? Like, if you, you know what I'm saying? Like, he trying to he trying to drive with two feet. I'm like, if you, if you don't get both of your motherfucking feet away from the pedals, man, what's wrong with you? So we did it for about 30 minutes. He got himself together. His dad ended up calling. He's like, where's you at? He's like, come in here and help us throw this stuff away. He's like, I'll be back. I'm driving. They're like, what? <laughs> like, hurry, took you driving? Yeah. Get off the phone and take my fucking car back, fool. Yeah, man. Them cars are dangerous, man. That's what I'm telling them, like, man, you could die in this motherfucker. This is a deadly, deadly instrument, bro. It's not a joke, all right? Don't, don't come in here arrogant with this car. This car will humble you quickly, sir. I don't, I don't want to leave that topic of the mundaneness of the podcast either. Though, yeah, right? yeah. I think what you said is real, right? You said it's indicative of the society. And be clear, right? I'm not even saying, you know, we have a certain kind of conversation. I'm not saying I expect that from everybody. But when I even listen to hip-hop, it's reflective of the same thing. It's one long song, right? And what I'm saying yeah. is that you're not even adding any creativity to the one long song or to the one topic that you talk about. Yeah. Even if you're going to talk about money, find a way to break into that conversation in a different way. Even like the earn your leisure guys. I'm not a big investment guy, but the reason why they're cutting through the muck because they have a wide array of ways to talk about money, mm -hmm. right? Even if you're going to talk about women or even if you're going to talk about bullshit, just find another angle to approach and it's not, it's not happening in the music, nor is it happening in the conversation. Mm -hmm. So it becomes very, very, very mundane. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. And I just think, and I and I agree, it is indicative of the times, right? Yeah. But I'm going to leave y'all with a quote my daddy used to give me. You keep listening to that shit, it's going to make you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. Hey, that's real, though. That's real, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't digest a whole lot of it. I do like Drink Champs. And lately I've been watching... Um, Tank and Tank and this other dude got one. Dave Valentine. R and B money. Money. I like that one. I do too. I like it's that one. Real questions. It's yeah. Real, it's a real. You get the. I don't even like R and B like that. I like R and B, but it's yeah. cats on there. I ain't never. It's gospel cats on there. Yeah, it'd be a lot of people. To that. It'd be a lot of like writers. They talk like they a lot of writers and stuff that I don't be knowing. Yeah, they be they be yeah. they be having good stories and they got a segment. Yeah, salute to Tank and Jay Valentine. It is one of the better shows on on, on YouTube right now. I Jay Valentine got a perm. I don't know. He was young Something Michael Jackson. Jackson. You know that, right? Jay Valentine was like the first. First of all, Jay Valentine's daddy. Uh huh. 
is one of the biggest. He's like Larry Hoover, San Francisco. He did really? now, but he was like Larry Hoover, San Francisco. So his whole he's Larry Hoover of anywhere is only two things you'd be at this point. So his whole childhood, he was raised like in Michael Jackson's house. Like mm-hmm. he had a whole. His daddy was on some Joe Jackson shit. Like, yeah. Y'all gonna be this? Okay. You know what I mean? He had the, the wherewithal, resources, and money to get them around the Jackson. So he kind of grew up on. Oh, that's that, right. That he, I have heard him rent. telling stories about you know. Meeting Michael Jackson and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very interesting childhood experience, I'm sure. Nah, he definitely, definitely a time to do. Not he cool. I'll be, I'll be liking. I'll just give him a hard time because that perm. I'll be like, man, what the fuck? And he a gangster too. He ain't no soft ass nigga. You know what I mean? Yeah. He got a story about hooping and hoops with R. Kelly one time and how he was going to whoop R. Kelly ass. Because uh. R. Kelly never loses, even when he loses. At hoops though. At hoops. Yeah, he hooped the hoop. I don't know if you're gonna whoop Kells at hoops though. Now hear what I'm saying. Well, maybe not. Not I me. Mean, a, a foreign nigga gonna whoop Kells at hoops. I don't know about that. Maybe not. Especially maybe not, not the height of hoops. Because Kelly came with all his people. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was. But everybody in there was taking advantage of Kelly too. You never know how that played out. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like I used, I used to be at hoops a lot with Q and all them, and you know, once in a while. You from the garden? Quinn Richardson. Oh, I thought you were talking about somebody. Nah. nah, nah. Uh. And you know, once in a while, Jay Bone will pull up, and you know what I'm saying, and be through there with Juwan Howard. And all, this is all them. All the Chicago niggas just being there. Hooping and shit, and, you know, Kels would be in there sometimes, but he just be a lot of niggas. And I don't, I don't know, I don't know about a nigga not from the crib coming in there whooping on any of them niggas. But hooping though, right? Like Kels had his own way of playing basketball. Yeah, yeah. He picked his team and your team, right? And even if he won, he didn't lose, right? I mean, even if he lost, he didn't, he didn't lose. Yeah, but that on, that on, he could only do that with niggas he thought was beneath him or. Some other shit, which is, well, which is the what only he, niggas he would let play. Which is what he right, which is what he generally did. <laughs> but when it was a real game going on at Hoops, when there was other Chicago niggas and other hoopers up there, that shit was dead. Cares you want to hoop, hoop. Otherwise, oh. wait until we done hooping and get your flunkies on the court and you call the score. That's funny as hell, man. That boy had a that boy had Napoleon complex and he wasn't even sure. He ain't even sure. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand it at all. Hey man, it used to be some good times, man. We got stuff to get into, man. Let's get into it uh, for today. We're going to talk about, uh, I don't know if y'all had a chance to check out uh, Chris Rock's live special. I think that was the first time they did that on Netflix where they premiered a, a, yeah, a special. Yeah, that was a new experience live. for uh, Netflix. Yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was what it was. But Chris Rock did that selective outrage, uh, his special live on Netflix. Was it Friday or Saturday? I think it was Friday um, or Saturday. I don't know when it was. But either way, he did that. John Morant. The young superstar of the Memphis Grizzlies, Shorty, is cold as hell. I love to watch him play. He's probably the only person in the league right now I would pay to go see. Um, but he's fucking bugging. He's just fucking bugging. Yeah, he on some other shit for sure. Yeah, he on some other shit. He was uh, brandishing a firearm on his Instagram live uh, type shit. So uh, we'll talk about what, what's going on with him. Bomani Jones, uh, national sports uh, analyst, reporter, journalist, uh, had some choice points, words. statements, choice words for Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, uh, after Coach Prime was uh, a guest on Rich Eisen's show. Uh, Rich Eisen, another national sports figure, uh, reporter. Prime visited his show during the Super Bowl and said some things about how he identifies recruits for certain positions and where he thinks those recruits should come from in terms of their family dynamics. Uh, some interesting words from Prime and a very choice response from Bomani Jones. We'll get into that as well. And we'll talk about what's going on here at the crib. The mayor race round one has 
uh, come and gone. We saw 17, 50, 11 people fall by the wayside. It is now down to two. Um, one, Brandon Johnson. And um, Paul Vallis. Paul Vallis. Should have called him back, man. I should have. Should have. Should have. Should have went with it. Uh, but no, we'll talk about that. What that looks like. Uh, what that means for uh, the city of Chicago. What the next month plus should look like for Black Chicago specifically, and then what it may look like there after. Uh, but before we get into that, man, uh, we would be remiss in not saluting. Lil TJ, man. Lil TJ Mixon, man. Papa J. Salute to Papa J, man. Uh, Nephew was in the largest grossing sports movie in history. Let's go. Number one movie in America, and the absolute first scene opens up with him. Let's go. The movie opens up with him. Let's go. Salute to my nephew, man. I was so proud of him. Uh, so what was it, Saturday? Yeah. They flew in Saturday. We was trying to get them in on the, on the interview side, but they missed their flight, so they didn't get here late on that day. But we all got together that evening and went to watch the movie together. Like, we just bought, well, I don't going to say bought out the theater because that'd be a lie, but we bought out enough for our family all to go together. Yeah. <clears throat> and we all watched the film. It was a good film, man. And I, I'm not a fan of, like, movies, really, to be quite honest okay. with you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, and I'm definitely not a fan of like, uh, let me not say not a fan because that is not the right word. I'm just not in tune with the Creed trilogy or how it sure. breaks down. I've heard I, I I haven't seen the first one or the second one, but I've heard by many accounts this one was the best of the trilogy. Yeah, I, I don't I couldn't compare it to right. the other ones, but right. it was a good film, man. Uh, I will the cinematography was next level, mm-hmm. right? It was from a from a sports film perspective. Like, the way they filmed this joint was super, super, super dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, Storyline was cool. I think it was some interesting points that the crowd and the audience probably didn't see what I saw. You know, sure. I got a different perspective on things sure. that I kind of value. But, you know, in those kind of movies, this is a blockbuster movie, so the audience is into it. Like, there's clapping and cheering, and yeah. they pick the villain and pick yeah. the, you know, the superhero. And, right, right, right. You know, you could feel uh, the intensity of who the, who they the audience is behind. Right. You know what I mean? So... Dope, dope opportunity, and then we lead the theater, you know. Again, he just snuck in and watched the joint, but because he had such a prominent role in the movie, we leaving out. Now people are recognizing, like, hey, that's you. Right. You know, so he took some pictures with some folks. Uh, it was a dope experience, man. Uh, proud of my nephew for sure. Funny, though. Yeah. You know, within the next day or two, even while we standing there, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, people taking pictures. Some people, some of the people I know. Right, because it's premiere day. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's cracking. Um, people walking into the theater who I know recognize me, who sat on this couch before and been interviewed, don't acknowledge me. Hey, can I take a picture with you? The very next day, they're like, me and my nephew. What? Your <laughs> nephew? I ain't mad, though. Salute to y'all, man. Hey, cuz. I didn't know. You know I mean? At least say hi to me next time, cuz. This is your nephew. You know Since what I mean? we family. I didn't know Since that. Since we family and shit. But no, nah, man, salute to, salute to all those people. That's but hilarious. it is interesting watching how the whole city is 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 running behind him, and I and I support that, right? I, I fuck with it. Yeah. But what I, I, one of the things I said was, man, I wish we got behind our youth before they won. If we had that same energy for all our youth before they won, we had different outcomes in our communities. Yeah, that's the the the, the key word in that phrase is won, though, right? What, right. What we think winning is that's has to too. be validated by some outside source. We don't determine what a win is. Somebody else got to validate you. And then it's like, oh, you won. And so if we can flip that, 
then we 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 may address them differently at different um uh points on that journey, man. But definitely shout out to Lil TJ, bro. That's super, super dope. Keep going fucking crazy and start strapping up because here they come. And they're off, G. Like, That's real. Here, here they come, bro. He's currently in production with another film with Tracy Ellis Ross and Eddie Murphy right now. So it's only going up. Yeah, it's, 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 finna, it's finna keep going crazy. He a handsome little dude. He got a lot of charisma. He's smart, mature. Uh, they coming, bro. They coming, they coming, they coming. But you know that. Your daddy know that. So, you know, y'all hold it down. Um, make sure y'all go see Creed. Make sure y'all go yeah, see go it. Go see it for Buy sure. It. It's worth it's worth the ticket price. You know yeah. what I mean? Go see that. Go see that. Go see that. Um couple things went down this weekend too. Uh shout out to Jay Avi. He had a birthday party. Uh I should have went. I didn't. Uh but shout out to Jay Avi. I know it was super, super dope. I saw some of the clips from it, some of the pictures, some of the videos and all that. Uh salute to Jay Avi, man. He been he been putting on for a long, long time, and it's good to see him. You know, begin to get some of those flowers. And he had got a, a a couple sprinklings of flowers before, and then not so much. And now everybody is aware of his of his greatness and his impact. And so, uh, shout out to Jay Avi, man. Salute to you, brother. Uh, happy belated birthday. I know y'all had a good time at the joint. And uh, shout out to the homie Will Calloway too. Had his uh, MLK brunch. Uh, I know you went through that. Uh, was it the Sis Tower? It was, man. Yeah. Dope experience, man. I, I, this is like his third annual. Yeah, I'd never been before. And, yeah. and truth be told, man, I, I had, until I was in there, I didn't realize how long it's been since I've been in the Sears Tower. Mm-hmm. I probably ain't been in the Sears Tower since Beasley sixth grade. Damn, you know what I mean? Like, ain't no reason for me to be down there. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, I feel you. But um, going down there is dope. You know what I mean? He had it on like the seventieth floor type of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get this kind of panoramic view of the city. Yeah, you know, beautiful view of the city. Uh, you had the who's who of Black Chicago in the building, and you know Will is a plum fool, man. So Will is always entertaining. Yeah, uh, he is. Will had some conversations in there, and he, you know, some of the funders for some of the programs he puts together was in there, and in 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 in, in authentic Will fashion, he shit it on them all. You know what I mean? But it was a good look. But what was interesting, and I guess this is a segue because the the main topic of conversation in there was. Uh, the final two candidates in our Chicago mayoral runoff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, I know this is like local instead of national conversation, so everybody's not always in tune with Chicago politics. But you know, I often say that outside of being the president of the United States of America, being the mayor of Chicago, me and the mayor of Chicago, probably the most powerful seat you can hold in this city. Uh, in the country. I mean, that's what I mean. In the country. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these dynamics of this last race was very interesting, right? Because the, the dynamics of the city are changing in our face, mm-hmm. right? So we had one Hispanic candidate, we had one white candidate, and we had nine black candidates, right? It's a lot, dog. Uh, so when the smoke cleared, Paul Vallis, the white candidate, had walked away with the large majority of white votes at 34%, and the largest uh, percentile behind that was Brandon Johnson, and I think he was somewhere around like 24, 22. I don't quote me, but it's somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Which assumed was essentially both of those two lead up out of the Democratic primaries, and they be they go into a runoff, and whichever wins the runoff becomes the mayor of Chicago, the next mayor of Chicago. Uh, that's gonna be decided within the next 30 days. And as a black Chicagoan, we're kind of in this conundrum. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, if you know me, you know I'm not voting for no white man. Right. Uh, so no matter what the offer is on the table from Paul Vallis, it's just not 
the kind of move I'm going to make. You know, if I go into an election and I'm not comfortable with either candidate, I'm writing in Farrakhan. Mm -hmm. It just is what I'm, it's what it is. It's my, it's what I do all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, in this instance, I would love to support uh, the black candidate. But Brandon Johnson is an interesting character. Uh, and I'm really just finding out about who Brandon Johnson is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Pre-election, I had very little knowledge of who he is. And, that, you know, he's one of them names where you was like, nah, that ain't, that ain't for real. Right. You know. Right. And if we think about it in a real way, that was kind of the same kind of race that Lori Lightfoot ran previously. That's true. He was like, man, who's that? Oh, no, that ain't nothing. It's not a serious thing. That's true. Uh, but when you look at the, the trajectory of what happened on the grounds during the primaries, Brandon Johnson did not win one black ward. Right. And that speaks volumes for you to not win one black war, but to emerge as the black candidate. Again, similar to Mayor Lightfoot. Very similar, right? But it's also interesting in this time, and not just this time, just the history of the United States, is that there's this very racially charged identity politics that always takes place. Right. Right. So when Paul Vallis uh, runs, he gets 34% of the vote, but those 34% is every white person that voted. Right. That's just what it is. There was no conversation around anybody else than the white man. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. When when Chewy runs, he's going to pick up a large majority of the Hispanic vote. Even though the Hispanic population is a larger population than the black population currently in Chicago, most of those people are immigrants, so they can't go into uh, the voting booth, right? It's illegal for them to vote. So when you break down where Brandon Johnson votes come from, there's a mixture of Hispanics and white liberals. Mm-hmm. And when you think about that going forward, like, and you just think about his policies, that man didn't win his own ward. Mm -hmm. That says something, right? If I'm running for a position in the city and I can't galvanize my neighborhood, my community, that kind of speaks values. And again, I'm not saying this the shit on Brandon. I'm saying this is part of the nuance of politics. We can't be as black and white as we've traditionally been, right? And, and that's part of this new black identity that we're starting to experience, like this new black I don't really know what it really represents. Right. You know what I mean? Where traditional black was kind of rooted in this civil rights doctrine, this, this ode to freedom and liberty and shit. This new black is really a, in a lot of ways, it's just a mimicking of old white. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't serve us. Because mm -hmm. we still got old black problems. Mm -hmm. Right? So in regards to like how we deal with this upcoming election and these next 30 days, there should be a call to action for black Chicago. One, to increase the voter turnout because it was a very low turnout. Two, it should also be a call to action to push Brandon in a way that forces his hand to engage and deal with black ideas. Mm -hmm. And if he's unwilling to do that, I don't want to make it no threat. Cause like I said, I would not vote for no white man. Right. And I am being very honest that if Paul Vallis wins, at least from my perspective, let me say that it sets black Chicago back 30 years. Mm -hmm. And I mean it in this sense, like people could feel how they want to feel about Lori Lightfoot. I will say to the day I died that Lori Lightfoot did never, never learned how to be a politician. Mm -hmm. She did not know how to speak to her constituents. She talked down to a lot of people, but if you know her history, she was not a politician. She was a lawyer. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that you cannot deny is that Lori Lightfoot removed a lot of the goddamn gatekeepers and opened up the door for opportunity for a lot of black people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So if you're going in there and you're going to just replace all them people with the old gatekeepers, we're going to have a problem. So I, I think when you look at this race, it's, it's, it's indicative of the, 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 
changing of times in terms of what the political process looks like. And I think it's just a different time. I think you got to understand what that looks like now and play the game for what it is now. And so it's not so much I got to lock down this, I got to lock down that. You got to be able to do the math. And I know you've always had to do the math in terms of politics and elections and campaigns and whatnot, but the math has changed, especially when you talk about for the second time in a row, you didn't have umpteen candidates running for mayor of Chicago, especially when you talk about how many of them was black? Nine. Nine black candidates running for mayor in the city of Chicago. For... In 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 our minds, as black people, that may seem like progress. That may seem like, oh, cool. It was fucked from jump. That was flawed from jump. And when you look at the white side, they like we running one person. Okay, we running one person, and all he got to do is get our votes. Them niggas gonna split their shit up across nine paths. You know what I'm saying? They gonna split they they gonna split their path nine ways. We're going to give you all odds, and that's going to be good enough to put you head and shoulders above everybody else. And so uh, it's understanding how to play the game. I think that Paul Vallis and his campaign understood how, to pl- understood how to play it, and I think Brandon Johnson and his understood how to play it. I don't have to win none of these shits. You know what I'm saying? I just got to stack some here, stack some there, stack some here, and that'll be enough once this is all divided down for me to get ahead of somebody who may have won all of – this precinct or all of that precinct that's it's just a, it's a different way of, of playing the game so uh i say shout out to both of them for understanding how the, how the game has been played uh shout out to brandon johnson for the for the way he ran his camp um want to say shout out to, to to our homie crystal gardner um i hope they continue and, and, and bring that thing home and we got to figure out as as a collective what needs to happen between now and april 4th to to ensure that you know what i'm saying but also have a conversation with the brother about what that then looks like because the higher you climb, the thinner that air gets. You know what I'm saying? The nuance of the conversation, I do agree with you that how we deal and how we play the game of politics is changing. Mm-hmm. But it's also rooted in how we identify as black people. That's mm-hmm. also changing. Mm-hmm. Right? So just like Nephew said, man, y'all got to talk about money and hoes because this will move right. the needle. Right. Just like I said, it's becoming mundane to listen to the popularized conversations because that's the only conversation. Right? Right? And because we only, our, our, our frequency is only tuned into very mundane shit, we have not deal, dealt with what is our interest, mm. right? Hence, low voter turnout. Mm. Hence, when we traditionally go into the voting booth, it is racially charged. Yeah. Be clear about yeah. that, right? But in this day and time, racially charged ain't enough because blackface is being worn by everybody. Yes. Right? Yes. So if our interests have to be served, one, you got to know what your fucking interests are. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have to become more politically astute. And this is not a fly-by-night conversation. This shit is real. I say all the time, the vast majority of our community works in government. Yeah. And for you not to pay attention to it is asinine to me. It's not learning the lesson. I think the white political realm learned the lesson in the previous election in which Mayor Lightfoot won it. They understood because they ran three, four white motherfuckers that time. And that didn't work. We are not doing that and letting one of these niggas sneak back in through the door again. We're not doing that, okay? So you going to be it. The rest of you motherfuckers, wait. Go do something else. But even with that, even with black candidates, white folks always control all of them because they got all the money. Right, right, exactly. So what you creep in with with a black candidate is even though they're going to be controlled by the capital, they still have a personally vested interest in your success. 
because they have exactly. black children. They live in black communities. They want to see black life happen. To shout out Maze, and I know, you know, this had to be great because you know I don't fuck with Maze. Mm-hmm. But Maze said this, he made this analogy, and I thought it was a great analogy. And he said, man, Brandon Johnson is like Chance, the rapper. Mm-hmm. He's like, he really is from the nine. Mm-hmm. But we don't really fuck with him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really a key point. Mm-hmm. Chance really is from the nine. Mm-hmm. He's from it, but not of it. Mm-hmm. And the people relate to him like, yeah, we know you from here, but we ain't. Right. We ain't bonded like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So when you see Chance's record sell or when he does his shows, see who the fans are. And they're not us traditionally, right? Him being as big as he is in the lexicon of the conversation, in this city, he's not that big. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very interesting analogy to use to describe who Brandon Johnson is. And in that, you have to be on some Chance shit. You got to do this uh, concert at the Sox Park. You yeah. got to make it real for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just think it's going to take certain people from our community to push the envelope to force him to make it real. He's going to have to do that. He's going to have to do that. And I think he's got uh, I think he's got good people around him that's able to do that. Uh, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what that looks like in the, in the coming weeks as, as, you know, that runoff approaches. But I think the game has changed. It ain't so much racially charged on some black versus white. It's racially charged on some black versus black. How many of you niggas want to run? Cool. We'll help y'all get signatures, okay? 90 of y'all want to run? 17 of y'all want to run? Cool, cool. Because we don't have a shining white star no more. You know what I'm saying? So we need to win with 33%. So if you niggas can go ahead and split up this other 67, we greatly appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's it's a different game. We got to understand that and, and, and play it accordingly. Uh, Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson in a runoff for mayor of Chicago to be on April 4th. Uh, is the election, if I am not mistaken. Um, speaking of black on black, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, he is the greatest cornerback to ever lace up the cleats. He is an NFL Hall of Famer. He is the guy who went to Jackson State, uh, brought all the attention to Jackson State, got them on college game day, and all the things he was doing at Jackson State, and then he faced a lot of criticism uh, rightfully so or wrongfully so, depending on your perspective. We don't need to go back down that road. He left, went to Colorado. Uh, you know, he'll have his first season there coming up. He was making his media rounds at the Super Bowl last month. And um, while doing so, he went to the Rich Eisen Show. And on the Rich Eisen Show, Deion Sanders uh, said that his recruiting preferences – change based on the position, meaning players that play certain positions, I want them to come from certain backgrounds. He said, I want my quarterback to come from a two-parent household, right? I want them to be more of a whole person and this, that, and I want them to come from a two-parent household. I guess that makes a better quarterback. I don't fucking know, right? Um, He said, now my defensive lineman, I need dogs, single mother." Trying to go get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was like. The more he gets a platform. Yeah. The more he exposes the racist tropes that he believes in. Part of me understood what he was trying to convey. I'm sick of giving niggas grace. I'm not giving them grace. I really understood partially what he was trying to convey. 
using that analogy or, or using that metric is fucking stupid and unnecessary. I get it. You want tough, tenacious dudes playing defensive line that's going to get after it. They hungry. They starving. Whereas a quarterback, you might want a more settled, stable, cerebral, cerebral emotionally intact leader. Right? I get it. I understand it. But that ain't to draw the line at two parent versus single mom. Absolute foolishness. It's a full out racist trope. Mm-hmm. I just made reference to Barack Obama, right? Single mother. Brilliant man. Regardless of if I fuck with him or not, you cannot deny his brilliance. Right. Right? So my my, my argument, you like, you know, rightfully so or wrongfully so when you mentioned Dion, and I don't know if that conversation is dead yet. I think this really, we could wrap a lot of the conversations we're going to have today in this same trope. Okay. Because we lack identity, at the end of the day, if we just keep talking, we'll eventually expose our affinity to white ideas. Mm-hmm. Right? So when we get motherfuckers to stand behind Dion for the move he made in leaving Jackson State because sure. of the new exposure, the new money, it's only money or exposure to a white audience. You're not going to get bigger than what you was doing at Jackson State amongst the black audience. Mm-hmm. So the goal when Dion makes a move like that is just to appeal to a certain demographic. And that demographic ain't us because you already had us. Right? It's the motherfuckers they never thought about Jackson State just wearing Jackson State apparel because of what you because of what you was invoking in our spirit by doing what you was doing at Jackson State. I got some in my drawer. Shout out to Boosie. Right. I never got none in my drawer. Shout out to Boosie because Herb took it. But anyway. That's Cap Boosie. That's not Cap that Boosie. He never gave major it to me. He's lying, Boosie. Boosie. I never seen the shit. I didn't even know you sent it. Major Cap This is how dirty this thing is. He never told me about it. Major anyway, Cap my point is this. When he keeps talking, mm-hmm. you see more and more of these racist tropes. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's almost like, it's almost like an implicit bias. Like he ain't even conscious of his thought processes right. being like this. Right. And I get it, because when this when he leaves Jackson State, you could see the uproar from the community. You you know we split fifty fifty. Right. Some parts of the community is like, fuck you mean don't go? Of course you go. Right. Right. The other part is like, well man, damn, what about the kids at Jackson State? What about what you meant to Jackson State? Right. Same thing with the Rihanna, ASAP Rocky cover. Fuck you mean he the leader? But the, she a billionaire. Like. We're split down the middle because we've yet to find an identity. Right. But what we're recognizing is that they only elevate the flawed identity. Right? No knock to Brandon Johnson. No knock to Brandon Johnson. I don't even know the brother, but that's part of the argument I'm making, right? Until we see you moving in a way that goes beyond the you from 79, but not of 79 spirit, you look just like that to me. Right? Right? Uh... Again, Dion moving in the way he's moving. You look just like that to me. Shannon Sharp, who benefited from all that black shit to get to where he got to to become Shannon Sharp. And then you deny it at the top of the conversation. You look like that to me, right? We can just keep going down the line. You look like that to me. And the, the hypocritical nature of what Dion is saying, maybe I miss some shit, and Bomani Jones points it out brilliantly, and I want to play that shit, Right? Matter of fact, I ain't gonna say it. I'm gonna let Bomani say it because Bomani said it way better than I can, man. Tune in for this. This is Bomani responding to the uh, statement that her recited about what Dion said. Uh, check it out. Go at Dion a couple times, and I've had a lot of people hit me back on it, like, "Yo, why are you trying to take a good black man down?" 
And I totally understand that because Dion is in a position that few black people ever get to. And he got to that position and he out here sounding just like the whitest white man. What we need a black coach for in Division One, in FBS, or anywhere else, if you're going to say the same stuff that the cats that are already there are saying, do the same things that they are already doing, and force all of us to stop and ask ourselves the question, if you don't want a quarterback from a single-family home, why is your son the product of a divorced marriage your quarterback? <laughs> it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. And the worst part about it is you out here blaming a bunch of kids and relegating them to one place in their lives because of something their parents did. Something that they got no control over. To make Rich Eisen laugh? And look, I go on Rich Eisen's show. I try to make him laugh every time I go on there. But I ain't going to embarrass myself to do it, and I'm sure not going to embarrass anybody else in the process. Period. Right? The motherfucker that you saying you don't want is the absolute motherfucker that you got. But you are so ingratiated in these racist tropes. You're, it's a man, but that's what I mean when I say implicit bias. You said this shit unconsciously, not even aware of the situation you putting your son in. Unconscious of or aware of the backlash of the press you could get because this is exactly your experience. That's the shit that I'm, it's, this shit is appalling. Yeah. Now, it, it's, it's. That's that. That's there's no way to. You can't you can't explain that. You can't justify that. You can't, can't justify that. That's that's not what you needed to say. It's the nigga sagging his pants, telling you to pull his, pull your pants up. Fuck yeah, out of here, that's, bro. That's that's not that's not what you needed to say, right? If what you wanted to, again, what you wanted to say was about cerebral and emotional stability and the ability to lead and. I don't know why you have this correlation between those things and two-parent household versus single-parent households. That don't make sense, bruh. First of all, Prime, you was a two-sport athlete. You went from football season right into baseball season. What the fuck you know about what happens in the home on a day-to-day -day basis of raising kids? Keep it in the buck. You provide it. You had the money. Cool. You got you, you. You seem to have really good relationships with your kids as they grow into adulthood. That's cool. But as as a dude who just physically could not be there on a day to day basis, knock it off, bro. Knock it off. Like it, it's it's not. That ain't it, Joe. That ain't it. It's racist, bro. That ain't it's it. It's a racist trope. That ain't it. I I'm, I am a product of a single parent household. I play quarterback. At a decent level, I was very cerebral, very emotionally stable, and everybody I ever played with would tell you I was the leader of that football team. On every team I was on, I was always the fucking captain. Like it's it's nah, bro. That ain't it, Joe. Yeah, that ain't it. So that man, ain't you it, know. Joe. You look at these players in the Get league it together, now, Dion. They they not all two parent household quarterbacks. These black quarterbacks, knock it off, bro. Knock it off. Tweaking with that shit, Dion. Get yourself together, man. Mm -hmm. um, and shout out to Bomani Jones for calling it as he I saw it. I fuck with Bomani, G. I really do. I've always fucked with Bomani Jones. I first came accounting him uh, when he used to do, I guess maybe he still does. I don't know. He used to do Around the Horn. Mm -hmm. um, and when at that time, he was like really like the only brother that would pop up on Around the Horn. And it would be him versus like uh, this old white journalist that's been in it for a long, long time. And he would have... 
different perspectives and he was unapologetic about it and shout out to Bomani Jones man I look forward to to, to crossing paths with that brother at some point I uh, think Bomani a black college graduate too yeah yeah his parents were like black college professors shout out to Bomani Jones yeah um Ja Morant also of the tweaking variety here lately um NBA young boy that is great. I stole it. I can't take credit. I heard your butt say I thought the shit was hilarious. That is great. <laughs> no, that's great. It is fucking great. That's great. I stole it. I was like, oh, I like that one. I ain't going to lie. That is great. Um, John Morant, man, phenomenal talent. Has, has the chance to be like a generational player. Like, he's that freaking good. His explosiveness, his speed, he's fearless on the court. On the court, my boy. Off the court, you is Deion Sanders' quarterback. <laughs> okay? You you is the two-parent household kid. Y'all got all the family photos and pictures, and you sitting there looking like a goofball and all this other shit. Bruh, that is perfectly, perfectly fine. Um, there, But now, as you've ascended into this superstardom, and you got these millions of dollars. Now you have decided that you want a more hardened image, this thug image. And I get it, bro. I get it. You are the most popular black person in Memphis. Right? I get it, G. I get it. I know what black Memphis is. I know how fucking hood that is. I know who the other popular black people in Memphis are. But... They ain't you, bro. You know what I'm saying? But you the superstar. You got more money than even they got. And you hanging around with these niggas. The Yo Gotti's. The Money Bag Yo's. The Black Youngsters. These niggas is really from North Memphis. They really from South Memphis. Bruh, knock it the fuck off, Joe. You need to stop this shit. And now you go on Instagram Live where he's brandishing a firearm on Instagram Live. He's currently uh, indefinitely benched. I won't say suspended, but he's benched indefinitely um it doesn't it just don't make sense bro you you are a hooper a phenomenal one you do not have to be a gangster bro stop playing in this shit you can get your ass killed or locked up playing in this dumb shit it's the same city that killed Dolph he from there really grew up in that shit and they murked him can you please stop playing bro shoot the fucking ball Go to the club, take your ass home. Bring the club to you. Stop the dumb shit, bro. So I know you usually be hip to all the sports shit that's going on. So just so the listening audience knows, like maybe a week ago, mm-hmm. he got in trouble because he slapped a 17-year-old right. and pulled a pistol on him. Right. Right? And his response in that incident was that, you know, some he was having a pickup game at his house. Shit went left. He feared for his life. That was his message to the NBA or to the media to whatever. Within a few days after that, video footage services of him on like an Instagram live kind of clip mm-hmm. showing his banger, right. which is some other idiotic shit. He also got into it with some Indiana Pacers, staffers, doing some old reckless shit. It's like three, four things in a row. You want act like you want to smoke with Shannon Sharp in L.A. Conversation comes out today, too, that he also was seen – in Denver at a game function, at an NBA function, mm. 
carrying the pistol, which means that in order for him to get that pistol to that function, he carried it on the team charter plane, mm-hmm. which is a violation of the Agent Zero uh, Gilbert, Arenas, Gilbert Act. Arenas And if that is found out to be true, he's supposed to be suspended for uh, the year mm-hmm. because that was the, the punishment that they yielded against right. Gilbert Arenas. Right. When him and Javar's Crittenton was brandishing weapons on each other in the locker room. Right. So... I, I just talked about implicit bias in regards to the shit that Dion said, you know, like how we unconsciously attach ourselves to racist tropes. Ja is on the opposite end of the spectrum, but doing the exact same thing. Mm. Think about how many young black boys think the definitive of being a man is being a gangster. Mm-hmm. That's also a racist trope, right? But you, a multimillionaire, 20 what? Three, four, five-year-old? Young. He ain't 25. He ain't 25. He's like 22, 23. Young. Young. Right? With gazillion dollars. Yeah. Right? National and at some levels probably, and even at some levels, international celebrity. Yeah. Right? And the shit that you got to do to make you feel like a man is play at this low level of vibration. Problem, dog. It's a problem. And uh, I want to put... Into this video, I want to get Pia to put in this piece of a rap battle between a rapper, a battle rapper named Averb and Hitman Holler. They both from St. Louis. They came into the battle rap, cool, all together, whatever, whatever, whatever. Then they started beefing, so they had this huge battle uh, in St. Louis. And in the battle, because they know each other, Averb just went personal. He was like, and he was like, listen, man. He was like, I know you. I've been to your crib. Shit is sweet. He was like, your mama always hug you, but your daddy, he don't love you, right? And, uh, he was like, he was like, when a daddy love his father and he see his father going down this road, he sit him down like, yo. When the son going down this road. Right, when the son going down this road, he sit him down like, yo, your name Drill. Stop with all this holler shit. You know what I'm saying? He was like, you ain't never bust a clip down or, what'd he say? You ain't never, you ain't never stuffed clip rounds or bust a brick down, ho, sit down. You know what I'm saying? He said, I did all this shit. I put you in the best schools, had you in the best shoes. You know what I'm saying? You stop disrespect. It was so fucking cold. It was so fucking cold. And Hitman Holiday Daddy was there, like, too. And it, it was just cold. And it, 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 y'all, just, just watch it. It's very raw. similar to the and picture. It was perfect for this John Moran shit. Very similar to the picture I showed you of Eric when I sent him to Los Angeles a couple weeks ago. Right. Right? His, he's in front of palm trees, and he says, from pissy hallways to palm trees. M- my son. Who's never experienced the pissy hallway in his life? Unless he, unless he, unless he pissing in the hallway on the way up to his multi-level crib. Never in his life. <laughs> Private school, AAU, school out of town. You've done it all, bro. Right, but right. He, as soon as he gets a moment to identify with this kind of a culture, unconsciously, that's what I mean. It's an unconscious bias. We are finding value in these places. Yeah, and those places are also created by a white system. It says this is the only place you can find value. Yeah. Right? So it all goes back to identity. We always had that conversation, but you can see the trouble we get into when we don't find ourselves and get rid of or have this erasure of these white ideas. Yeah. I just want um I just want John Morant to understand what he's on and just adjust your behavior, bro. He young. He's got time to learn from it, but I want him to understand that you might not have time to learn from it, 
right? Real shit. Like this shit, th- these consequences come fast, bro. You think you got time to learn from it. You think, you know what I'm saying? You you, you think the Migos got time to learn to not fuck around in foreign cities and dice games and random shit. You think you got time to learn this shit, bro. You do not. You might not. I hope you do. You might not, bro. Stop the dumb shit. You are a phenomenal, phenomenal basketball player with a family, parents that love you. Embrace that, dog. You want to have some connection to the streets? Make it a positive one. You don't need to be up in straps in Instagram live, at basketball games, at a rent. What the fuck are you doing, boy? Be cool, G. Just hoop. Just fucking hoop. You can make all the alliances and allegiances you want to. You can be as connected as you want to without doing dumb shit. I say all the time, everywhere I go, I go to the hood. So I ain't saying you got to stay away from it, be detached from it, but stop the dumb shit, though, bro. Stop the dumb shit, please. Chris Rock, been a long time coming. A year in the making. I believe the Oscars are coming up soon, like next week or some shit. And last year at the Oscars, the smack her around the world. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. And Chris Rock just had a special, a Netflix special. It aired live, which was ambitious and different. Um, because usually they want, they want to clip it all together and do all this stuff. And they aired it live. And um, we have been, we both on record as being big Chris Rock's fans in terms of his comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Overall, was funny, this though. one wasn't all of that. This was not funny, though. It started slow. It got better. The second half of it was better than the first half of it. But we can skip through, you know, what, you know what? I don't want to skip through all of it because I do want to acknowledge how fearless he was in terms of the issues that he tackled. He was going in on some shit, and I appreciated it. And what, what, what do you think was fearless? Because I got a very different perspective. Oh, no. He talked about trans he talked about homosexuality he talked about money he talked about like raising his kids in these white communities like he like he was going it was just it wasn't all that funny but i do think it was necessary and courageous in a time where everybody's like no you can't talk about that you can't speak on that you can't speak on that chris rock was speaking on it though i didn't find it as funny as i normally find him but he was speaking on some shit so let me say this we are so big fans of dave Chappelle. yeah and i think the difference is in those two because dave attacks all those kind of conversations as well right dave has a unique brilliance to make the conversation palatable right well chris rock came off to me as the other night was the angry old man Mm -hmm. right and it wasn't to make the shit palatable it's just i'm mad Mm-hmm. Right, somebody said Will Smith smacked the funny out of him. <laughs> you know what I'm and I'm also on record saying that when Will Smith did that shit, he was a coward. I said that sure. was a very cowardice move. Sure. But let me also say this in, in response to uh, Selective Outrage, the latest special by Chris Rock. Chris Rock is a coward too, mm-hmm. right? And and he's even a greater coward than the coward he showed himself to be, in my opinion on the night of the Grammy stage. Mm-hmm. Tonight or last night or Friday night or whatever night it was that they aired that, he showed himself to be an even greater coward. I lost a whole lot of respect for Chris Rock in reference to that special, mm. right? Uh, one, and, and we can get into uh, 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 
What did I say about John Morant? What did I say about Neon Dion? What did I say about them implicit biases and how they align themselves with racist white tropes? After he goes in on Jada Pinkett and calls her all kind of bitches for about 25 minutes. Yeah. Right? After that, yeah. he talks about how Will Smith is uh, a much larger person in stature than he is, right. as if to say, that's cause for him not to respond. Or I can't beat him up. Right. But at the end of that, right before he ends his show and he dropped his mic, he said, you know why I didn't respond? Because I was raised better right. to not fight in front of white, white people. people. A year and 300 miles away from this motherfucker, you calling his wife all kind of bitches for an hour right in front of white people. Mm-hmm. You wasn't raised better than to do that? No, you're a fucking coward. That's true. You're a fucking coward. And you're a coward for letting him slap the shit out of you. Now, I could have said you're not a coward for eating that slap and never mentioning the shit again. You could have rolled that shit out. But when you, this the nigga who gets slapped, run down the block, talk shit again. When I catch you, I'm fucking you up. So, Will, even though you're a coward, I'm sick of these coward fights. We should do this shit like a YouTube boxing match, like you know the new shit, Jake Paul. Y'all should get in the ring in the wheel. I say you have permission to fuck homie up. Because he showed himself to be, at this moment at least, in my opinion, Uh he's showing himself to be a bigger bitch than you. When you were standing, we should have the battle royal of the bitches. When you were standing right in my face, you didn't do shit. And didn't do shit. You go outside and pop off. My wife all kind of bitches a year and 400 miles away. Yeah. That's whole shit, bro. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. Uh, I knew at some point he would address it. He addressed it in this special. I was kind of waiting for him to come out. He mentioned it a couple times while he was talking about some other shit. And I, I don't need another rapper mad at me. He mentioned they said that a couple times. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, but... Uh, and you can minimize Will Smith all you want to a rapper, but he ain't a rapper, bro. He ain't been a rapper since 1991. Or the some first shit. time he said it, I was like, "Is he talking about Will Smith? Like, who identifies Will Smith as a rapper? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know anybody that identifies Will as a rapper at this point in the fucking summertime." Man, truth be told, you know we do uh, quote Chris Rock probably more than any other comedian I on this Chris show. Rock. I think Chris Rock traditionally has been hilarious. Yeah. Right, uh, but I legitimately can only think of one joke that was funny to me the whole show. Which one? The one where he says, ladies, if you got to pay for your own abortion, you probably should get an abortion. Hey, That shit was funny. I don't give what nobody <laughs> That was that funny. That shit was funny. That was funny. <laughs> and I was watching it and laughing <laughs> for a whole different reason. It was just, I was like, yo, this thing is wild as hell. But what if, what if I wanted the baby? Do I gotta pay for it then? If you want the baby, yeah. No, you don't. You don't participate in that. <laughs> you found your own money, shorty. Okay. Uh, we gotta go, man. But I did see the special. I thought it got. I thought the second half was funny. I thought the first half was not funny. Uh, shout out to Chris Rock, man. He got some shit off his chest. He was an angry black man. You could. You could. You could feel that energy, and he did finally address uh, this thing a year in the making. And I agree with you. That's and I ain't the- saying don't address it. But you brilliant and you creative. Don't address it like that, dog. Hey, I, I, I agree with you, but it's going to uh it's it's clickbait. It's gonna sell, it's gonna get him, you know, more. And he had to make a bag it's for that. So get shit. his ass whooped too. He had to make a bag for that shit. We'll go catch him outside of the camera view and fuck him up for real. They yeah. They they did a live they did a live post show show with like David Spade. Uh, All his white JB, friends. JB, it was David Spade, JB Smooth, Arsenio Hall, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 
some other white dude I don't know and a sister that I don't know. So I didn't see the actual live, so I didn't see that part. Yeah, it was it was odd. It was odd. But Kareem Abdul Jabbar was funnier than I thought Kareem Abdul Jabbar. He was like, Yeah, he wouldn't have smacked me. He came and he just saw me up there, like, mm, that's a big nigga. I ain't going up there. You know what I'm saying? But uh either way, man, uh Chris Rock addressed it. Selective outrage is the special that he has now out on Netflix. He addressed it. He called that woman everything but a woman of God. And 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 you know, talked about Will Smith being being a coward and how he wouldn't have did that to a man his own size and all that. Sir, at the point that you smack me, my size relative to yours ceases to matter. Okay. Man, it ain't the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size, size of, of the, the fight in the, the dog. dog. Period. And that dog cowered immediately. Ran down the block, called his wife a bunch of bitches. That's <laughs> wow. wild. We got to go, man. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Please be sure to like the video, leave your comments. Make sure you have subscribed. Make sure you share with somebody. Tell a friend. Join tell the a friend. Patreon. Be on the lookout for the merch. Join like the, the video. Comment in the Join video. Join the Patreon. Engage, goddammit. Share the video. Join the Patreon. Act like y'all like us. Join the Patreon. Uh, yes, act like y'all like us. I mean... Don't keep us don't keep us to yourself. It's all good. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Uh huge shout out to the dopest producer in the podcast game. We like to call her E4O. She would much rather go by her preferred name, which is Dennis Rodman. Peggy Bundy. <laughs> Rod Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Huge shout out to PI, man. By the time y'all see this video, it would be put together, inserted in all the Bells and whistles to be on it. That is because P.I. has put his touch on it. Shout out to that brother for doing that. Shout out to Rob Riller, one half of the Jackson Twins. Dark skin twin behind the camera doing all of the hard work today. And shout out to the light shout skin twin. Shout out to twin. the light skin twin too, man. The whole squad put up on the light skin twin for his concert uh, this past weekend. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen, right? But that's, that's kinda, how it went. That's kind of how, <laughs> how it went. That's kind of how it went. Put up well, on the Jake, Shout out to Jake, man. Uh, we Everybody, put up on the Everybody, if you can, send Jake some love, some hug emojis, all that. He needs it. <laughs> yeah, that was some that was some depressing music. It was different. I gave him a hug when I left. Like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad, Jake. We love you, man. We love you. Like, damn. What is Olivia doing to him? <laughs> um, it was interesting because... He was the only niggas in the room. Okay, let's just be clear. Okay, it was a bunch of. For the first time in my life, I was the darkest person there. You were the darkest person there. Okay, it was a bunch of gothy white people and us. We had a good time though, man. This nigga, we was on the nigga couches. We Ron P. and Ron on the nigga couch. Like, hmm, this is, this is interesting. Motherfuckers in there like that was the back of the bus. Right, that was the back of the bus. Some people, some somebody oh, literally, shit. somebody literally asked me too. How, how how do you who, know who do y'all know who here? do y'all like, know here? <laughs> and they were from Russia, right? They, right. <laughs> they felt more like like we on fifty person Princeton. You from Russia? And you asked me how? Oh how shit! <laughs> I didn't even put that together. They from Russia? Oh like, god! They was from Russia. Who, how are y'all here? How did you get here? <laughs> on the south side of Chicago. How did you get here, motherfucker? Yeah, we stuck out. We stuck out like a sore thumb. And that hey, motherfucker said I'm from Russia. You right? That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <sighs> hey, man. Oh God. Hey, mm. bra- brave new world, man. But shout out to Jake, man. I was happy to come show you some love and support Absolutely. you. You did your thing, man. Uh, we gotta go. We back here uh, on Saturday for a relationship Friday conversation. Unless you caught it on Tuesday, because you are an official dirtbag. Join the Patreon team. But we appreciate y'all. We got a slide for two. My name is Herb. Y'all be good to each other. Peace. Salam alaikum.